Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is a public service announcement for Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jan Mitchell calling in to encourage you to join the Dumpty Dum Patreon team. For a small donation of $2 a show, you will get access to extra content like Royfield's fabulous interviews. Anya, who plays Alexi, of course, and Headley, who plays the mysteriously missing Kathy. Those interviews really enriched my enjoyment of the archers. And I'm really looking forward to the next one with Becky Wright, who played Nick Grundy. Please consider supporting our wonderful Dumpty Dum creative team. You won't be disappointed. Oh, and by the way, no one asked me to do this. This is all on me. Bye, everybody. Hey, Dumpty Dummers all around the world. It's uh, Northern Star again. This is a, a different kind of Dumpty Yes, I know. This is a very uh, <laughs> special kind of Dumpty Dum that I'm just learning. So, um, this is something I actually figured out with my snorty boy since he's here. If I start clapping with the clapping the Dumpty Dum, he settles down. Anyway, uh, here it goes. Uh, right now, uh, yes, it's uh, I furiously moving up and down on my script to say this is Dumpty Dum, the <laughs> show about the reality docudrama that's centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the thriving cheese making workshop that is Royfield Brown, and with me, I have the lone furious cheese maker demanding the money back that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Helen's new business venture, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum was from Northern Star again and her little dumdy diddler. Uh, but loose, uh, because we do yes. have another uh, dumdy dum from Northern Star. Uh, but um, after that, I think we're, we're flat empty in our vaults. So if somebody wants to help us restock our vaults, how can they do that? If 
you would like to find where I am with the script, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave <laughs> us a plot prediction or visit your estranged husband to urgently descale the taps. Then call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Isabel McCurdy for helping Royfield, Mike Hatton for his character us. He's helping us, Lucy, helping us. Oh, sorry, helping us. Um, and to Derek, to live in the back bedroom, uh, Derek has a lot of sympathy with Donald Trump over the Stormy Daniels affair, <laughs> as he also had a relationship with an actress in adult films. She was called Gail Force, and she was most <laughs> often on Derek's handheld. <laughs> That's very good. I quite like that. Gale Force. Well, well done. On this week's episode, we have views from Christine, Auntie Jean, Catherine, and Curious Alice. But first, before the calls, let's brace ourselves for a little bit of Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. Oh, shit. I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm winding myself up, don't I? Okay. Here, here we go. <laughs> We began the week in church with Shula and Jill. Shula let us know that New Zealand is a long way from England. No wonder they don't do buses there. I did wonder. Jill reacted in a typically unhysterical and unhooty fashion by saying, Have you really tried to save your marriage though, Shula? Really? Well, why not just shut up and crack on with it and live in misery for the next two decades, you selfish cow? (laughs) Will no one think of my reputation? I've now got a granddaughter having a baby on the wrong side of the silage clamp, one grandson who's a sound effect, and a son who plays with a toy farm. Chill, it could be worse, she said. I could be Peggy. <laughs> Over at the stables, Shula had popped back to pick up a few things and clear the lime scale. What? What? I mean, it might sound a bit mad, but, you know, no, you're right, it's bloody mental. At one stage, Alistair seemed to be trying to shave with Shula's limescale remover. I mean, actually, I don't know what (laughs) Shula was trying to remove the limescale from. It can't have been that long, surely. Maybe she was a bit furred up. Who knows? Anyway, both of them are quietly furious in a very small room, trying to do different things at the same time. One of you leave the room. The parish council is organising an egg hunt on the green for Easter. Groups of children are going to chase Lexi round with a massive syringe. Continuing her policy of gleaning her dining table chit-chat from visits to the sexual health clinic, Jellifer announced that Lexi has down-regulated her cycle. Someone punctured her in a tube. <laughs> Pat discovered that the poor buggers at the Elms had lost their homes, not their taste buds. She'd gleefully wrestled the cooking duties off the supervisor and was cunningly using it as a way of using up all the leftover vegetables to make one of my big vegetable stews. Mm. One poor woman, after she finished choking on a bendy parsnip, said if Pat had added a few other ingredients, it would have been better namely two pounds of stewing steak and some chips. <laughs> On the ground that there's no such thing as a free chairmanship, Justin is calling it in. Mm. I'm going to need you to back me up on this, Brian. Get me a coffee, Brian. If you could just massage my athlete's foot cream in, I'd appreciate it, old man. <laughs> in a pathetic attempt to sound like a proper businessman and not a guilty lickspittle, Brian chunted on about a lack of retail units in Borchester. Too bloody right. There's Underwoods and the only off-license in Borchester that's still serving Alice. Ah, Alice, (laughs) the only person in the world who can get bounced out of a funeral. People kept saying they didn't know what 
hadn't got into her until Clary pointed out it was a bottle and a half of Pinot Grigio. Fortunately, though, Brian is still so desperate to claw back his role as Daddy Warbucks, he promised Alice a job on the grounds that with everything going to hell faster than Russian democracy, adding a self-centred alcoholic into the mix would probably actually improve his business model. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the funeral. Susan was upset by the music. I don't blame her. It was awful. Alice got hammered. She doesn't like funerals or last orders, as she prefers to call them. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well, that's very good. (laughs) Even you're laughing at your gag now. Well done. I laugh when you laugh. I can't help it. You're you're laughing at your own genius there. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a weird scene with Ruth, Pip and Bert, in which Pip karate chopped Bert in the knackers as she thought he was going for a bit of a hashtag me too action and was lurching towards her stomach. Bert was very distressed, as he said he'd heard about men touching women's pregnant bellies and all sorts. If anyone tried to touch my all sorts, I'd bloody have them, especially not the pink and black ones. (laughs) Three people and a whippet turned up to Helen's cheese workshop. I call this one Borchester Blue, and that one is a Pecorino Patronizo, she said. Cheese is made from milk. Can you spell milk? Detective Inspector Ruth Archer is on the trail of Brian the Cravat Aldridge with the help of her hapless poet sidekick, Bert Deep Fat Fry. She cross-questioned Bert about Ambridge in the 70s. There were a lot of cowboys around in them days, he said, making Ambridge sound like a Dolly Parton convention. (laughs) And just when you thought Linda Snell couldn't be any more tedious, Robert is encouraging her to read Lord of the Rings. Good God, man, have a heart. As if she'd want to read about a fictional land in which characters with unlikely names make sudden decisions with seemingly no forethought, call everyone by their full names, and older characters embark on long discussions of their interest. Oh, hang on. Yeah, you're probably onto something there, Robert. The end. <laughs> well done. Well done. It's really, you know what I really like about that whole kind of like, you know, the whole kind of Tolkien thing? Well, then that's just another link back to the Midlands and, and Brum in particular. So that's all the Tolkien. Yeah, the and it was Tolkien. It's Tolkien Week or something. Tolkien Reading, ah, reading exactly. Week. Reading Week. Yes, I told you we've done. We've had, we've had um, sport with sport aid sepsis and Tolkien. <laughs> That's right. Someone's got hold of the PR PR calendar. Um, yeah, week. Yeah, the PR calendar, and we're just going through it, aren't we, one mm. by one? Well, I like the fact that you didn't mention sport week at all. Yes, I like that as well. Well Quite frankly, does anybody does anybody need another reminder? No. All that coy, oh, you know, look at mine, mine's bigger than yours. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, I know we do innuendo, but bloody hell fire. Mm. The the thing about all of that wasn't just that it's just uncomfortably shoehorned in. We don't say this often about the archers, but it's actually just badly written. It made them seem the most cloying... Yeah. Just trickly. Yeah. Ugh. It was yeah. just, you know, it, yeah. it, anything. <laughs> it really was. Our feelings of their relationship. Yes. Yeah. They, they like. They, it's like that whole bit had been handed to the work experience person. You just write that. And if it's good enough, we'll fit it in. And then they think, well, it's not really good enough, but we're going to have to put it in yeah. anyway. So they did. Yeah. Dictate from yeah. on high that that's put it. But yeah. It's just badly written. You know, put it in. 
once or twice. You know, they go jogging and it's a little bit competitive, but Jesus fucking H Christ, it was bad. And as I say, we don't often say that about this this wondrous thing. So, hmm. Um, right, so last week in Ambridge. Um yes. what were your bits? You know what I you know I really liked, and I, I keep on forgetting that there is a double act in Ambridge which is stupendous, and it's Clary and Susan. And yes. they have great, yeah. great, great moments. Yes. You know, um invariably Clary kind of slaps Susan <laughs> down, doesn't she? Yeah. But yeah. this week she had all the moral right and weight on her shoulders because of what she'd been through. And there was Susan kind of blithely going on and she just kind of beat her up in, in the um I don't know, in the lambing uh, lambing pot shed or whatever the heck it was. But I but I love I love them I love them together. Well it's the it's the power balance. It's the way the shifts, the power the power shifts between them all the time. Well, I would say this the power is shifting, isn't it? Because They've always kind of been on a level. Okay, Susan's always had aspirations that she's, you know, she isn't lower working class. But now, you know. The one thing that that Susan has had Hmm. has been, I mean, hilariously, it's the Grundys who have sort of hovered on the wrong side of the law for years, and yet it's Susan that went to prison. (laughs) That's kind of, there's a beautiful little yeah. little little um subtlety there but also clary um susan has always banged on about you know well my son married an aldrich mm. you know mm. Je- hello jennifer and all this and now yes okay your son married an aldrich but he married an alcoholic <laughs> there's kind of a you know and again it's kind of um uh uh yes yeah, this this sort of lovely 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 little shift mm. Absolutely. And what else? What else from, from last week did I, did I did I really love? I love them pair. And and I, you did touch on this. Well, you more than touching it. You did a couple of great great lines about it. But Brian and Justin, the fact that now, um, as you, I think you kind of said, you know, Justin has his lick spittle on the BL board. He's awesome. But now that the way Brian is going round and trying to recruit Alice now to be... Well, Alice always was on his side, in his pocket, vis-a-vis mm. family decisions. But he's, you know, but, oh, you know, things go go to hell in a handbasket uh, with, with your company. You know, we'll get you a job here type thing. But will she have yeah. a job to come back to? Will it even be a farm? That's the question. And anyway, just because she doesn't like... You just because you know we all have to work with difficult people. I have to work with you for crying out loud. I'm but not if, difficult. You know, loose, loose, loose. <laughs> no, no, I know. I think you'll find right. <laughs> you're the difficult one. You're the diva. Well, you're the talent, aren't you? I am. I'm the I am even-handed producer, right. and you're the bullshit talent. Absolutely, I make Judy Garland look like Alan Titchmarsh. There honestly, yeah. Anyway, mm. Alice Alice is having this massive kind of hissy fit about work. I don't like it because she has to work with someone she doesn't like. Well, that's called work. That's 90% of you earn 90% of your wages for A, turning up and B, having to work with people that you wouldn't necessarily want to work with if you had any choice in the matter. But isn't the um, speculation that's what work is? Though, that she is boff? Yes, having a ding dong mm. with with. 
Aaron or whatever it's called. But, but you know, but and then just to and then just to be rescued, you know. Oh, don't worry, come and work with us here. They a they haven't got any money to pay anyone with because they're facing massive. You know, he hasn't consulted anybody else. Mm. It's you know you it's just absolutely ridiculous. Alice is is well out. You know, if she's got a job with a company that's completely unconnected with with um with Home Farm and Borchester Land, then she's you know she's doing very well. She's in a better position than most of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, Apart from, I mean, Debbie Debbie gets some of her wages paid by Home Farm. Adam gets all of his. Um, uh, Rory's all right so far. Um, and Kate's, you know, renting property from them and living on a farm that belong, living in a house that belongs to Home Farm. Alice is the only one who's actually kind of managed to separate herself off. True that. And what does no. she do? She gives up her job and goes heading straight back again. She's well, absolutely she mad. She hasn't done it yet, but it's potentially no, on, the cards, on the cards. On the cards. Yes. Something. Yes. And you've put the idea in my head, in my noggin you have. Because you were talking about the fact that obviously the script writers have uh, looked at uh, the news media of the time and the PR media and says, right, so it's seps this week. Let's have a bit of that. Oh, wow, it's yeah. pie, pie making. It's stew making day. Let's have that ridiculous yeah. story. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what was that all about? <laughs> you know, that stew making thing. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Alice, do you think... Right, that maybe they're queuing us up for a bit of a hashtag Me Too situation with her at work. That actually she's being kind of coerced into something. I think there might possibly be she. Uh, there was a situation she was drunk and blah blah blah, and then he's going to claim that this this Aaron chap he's going to he's going to claim that as. You know, well, she was she shouldn't have got that drunk if she didn't possibly. But then we've got a kind of a that's a bit of a titchy knob thing again, isn't it? No, because you could make it quite messy. Because if you remember back mm. to, I don't know if you if you listened to Ambridge Extra when she was still a student down in Southampton or Portsmouth, yes. in Southampton, yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah. definitely was flirting with the guy, and I think they had a snob. Yeah. There was something which yeah. was at the start was definitely consensual. Then she said afterwards, no, I'm married and tried to just palm it off as friendship. But he kept on pursuing mm-hmm. her. So she's slightly got mm-hmm. form in, in, in this area. And if, yeah. you, and if you made it messy so it's around alcohol and something did happen and then she was pursued, it would be the same pattern. But the ramifications are yeah. much more, uh, much yeah. much heavier because now she's working, etc. And there's you know, professional reputations and you know, the the weight of the the organisation, the company, kind kind of around her and HR issues. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Is that your considered answer? Yep, yep. No, no I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yes, that's great. I, I think I'm, I'm agreeing. I know it's I know it's unusual, but you know this is what it sounds like when someone agrees with you, Royfield. Oh, right. I, I bet. <laughs> it's understandable why you would never not recognise the signs. Mm. Um, I yes, I think that could well be it because there is definitely something with this Aaron chap, unless they're doing their usual thing of just creating a red herring to string us on for months, and then it won't be that at all. Mm. True that. Now um, a bit of, bit of Shula time. I know we don't like talking about about her, but but we have to. 
she did do good with Will, didn't she? Yeah, well, she, I mean, she has, um, she's one of the few characters who's kind of um, experienced what he has. And therefore it makes sense that he's, she's the one that sort of got through, got through to him. I mean, what she said was nothing, was nothing startling, but she, she was just able to sort of empathize with him in a way that other people had, couldn't. Yeah, no, complete and utter empathy. Hmm. Uh, I could go on. Right. We've done Linda and Robert. Well, at least you have. (laughs) (laughs) We've done, we've, we've done Brian and Justin. I love the way that they picked the Silmarillion, which is the single most complex, dense, you know, there's a reason why no one's ever heard of it, because it's kind of the most, the most um, incomprehensible and not incomprehensible, but just uh, it's very, very hard to relate to as a book. And it's so awful that Robert's picked that, the poor cow, honestly. (laughs) So why is it more complex than the other books in uh, Tolkien? Because it's just a, because it's it's kind of like um, it sets the scene for it all. It's like reading rather than reading. Um, oh, oh God, what can I say? Rather than watch watching Saving Private Ryan, mm. it's like watching Ken Clark Civilization first as like a you know to sort of um give you a bit of backstory kind of thing it's it's all backstory and it's all scene setting and it's all the the actual the skeleton of the of the world that he created um there's no kind of there's no elves fighting in it it's it's just un, un, unrelenting did he actually if it's scene setting did he actually write that first or did he kind of write it you I don't know, know. I've no point. idea I've never read the thing I've got no intention of going anywhere near it um but yes, that's yeah. Hmm. I don't. I don't know in what. I presume he did that. He did that first. But my God, although people tend to because when they write a fantasy story, they they then have to get, that people start asking for backstory, don't they? So they then finish exactly. up. That's the reason why I asked. Going, yeah. yeah, yeah. I will look it up. I do not know, Royf. Mm. Don't feel that you have to on my behalf because there's nothing worse for me than all that elves malarkey. And whatever, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel you have to, Freeman. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, on that note, shall we go and get some caller interaction? Yes, why not? Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Who do you want first there, Freeman? Uh, you choose. You've got the buttons, love. All right, then. Hello, Lucy, Royfield, Robert, and all fellow dum dummers worldwide. This is Cycling Christine calling Ooh. in. Though I'm not cycling at the moment, we've been home for a while and enjoying being back in the UK and taking a rest from cycling for a while. I'm just calling in about Alistair and Shula because I just feel so sorry for Alistair. I think that his outburst this week at Shula saying he didn't realise there was a problem was justified and I feel that he's been badly used. I just think that 
He's always been as he is now, and Shula was quite happy for that when she wanted a father for Dan, and it's almost as though she found him. Mm. He was used to be a suitable and good stepfather for Daniel, and now that is no longer necessary and Daniel's grown up. Shula's quite happy to wave goodbye to him, and I just feel really sorry for him. Um, honestly, another point, I also feel very sympathetic towards Ruth at the moment as regards trying to stand up for Rory's rights. I felt the way that Brian just was trying to fob her off last week when she's doing what she's been asked to do and trying to do it in a proper way was not good, um, not unexpected, but She's trying to do what she's been asked to do and she should be allowed to get on with the job of doing it properly and stand up for him and his rights. Um, that's all for now. Um, greetings to all my fellow dum de dummers <laughs> and hope to see you at a meet-up at some point. Bye. Oh, talking about meet Oh, by the way, yeah, yeah, Christine, yeah, we can thank you smashing. Bye, super. Um, Luce. Mm. Luce. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you'd gone. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I'm still here. Um, we're, we're still cooking up this meetup, aren't we? Yeah, I think we may be heading towards the 14th of May. Oh. No. Yes, May at the moment. Um, but that is to TBC. Right. Now, I sounded rather rude at the end of your call there, Christine, and I do apologise. It's because we have a stunning, stunning um, another bike rider who uh, is basically a uh, map corner winner of the of the week. And you and you and your bike and stuff kind of reminded me and my brain got addled with talk of dum de dum doos and bicycles and stuff. But um shall we go back over the contents of our call there, Freeman? <laughs> well I feel we should, as you so abruptly said. Yes, thank you, Marvelous Christine. Yeah. Shut up now. Um I th- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, Christine. Yes, I think you are. Compl- <laughs> yes, Christine, I think you are absolutely right. I'm not sure about, I don't think it was that quite as kind of um, clear cut as that, that right, okay, uh, Alistair, you have served your purpose and I am no longer interested in you. I think y- y- she had feelings for Alistair um, because he g- did give her and Dan a, a feeling of security um, but, you know, she could have left him when he was going for all the gambling stuff and she didn't. Um, that would have been the time if she was go- if it was just about that, then that's when she would have gone. I think it is genuinely that she she needs to feel um, alive at the moment. And I don't think um, I don't think Alistair makes her feel alive i don't think it's quite as sort of cynical as that as as, as you're you're suggesting but i think there is a sense now where she thinks well okay i don't i don't need to be here for daniel in the same way alistair doesn't need to be here for daniel so do i need to still be here with do i want to still be here with alistair no i don't mm. um but, and i think i think that's that's quite relatable actually <clears throat> And and it's quite common, isn't it? You know, when when the nesty yeah. and the focus yeah. gets turned back onto your relationship, uh, yeah. solely on it, and also the children are off are off fulfilling themselves and doing really exciting, interesting things, and you think, mm, what am I doing? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But I just go back to what I said last week. 
you know, you, you fall out of love with somebody, um, that's that's fine. It's understandable. But what you do is you give them a heads up of how you're feeling beforehand. You go, yes. I'm not happy. <laughs> right. That That's where I just got no sympathy for, for the woman. And and I know this is slightly a female male thing. And I say slightly before people start tweeting at me and calling me sexist and, and, a, cave, and a caveman and whatever. But um, us men aren't bright at the best of times and we need to be told. And, you know, let's go and have a holiday and do something slightly unusual is not telling somebody that if they don't go, you're going to divorce them, you want to leave them. You know, you need to be explicit. Yeah. And, and she didn't do yeah. that. She didn't do that. And for all the talk of him being a bad communicator about his emotions and stuff, She's equally as complicit yeah, because she didn't absolutely. say. Fall out of love with him, be and, frustrated, fine. But, you know, it's yeah. a marriage. So you've got, you got, you got, yeah. you got to be open about this stuff. And also, Christine, I, I, I completely agree about um, uh, Brian and, and, and Ruth. He, it's like he's now punishing Ruth for doing exactly what he asked her to do. Absolutely. He got her there to represent... Um, Rory's interests she's representing Rory's interests and he's bloody furious you know he's like well I, I wanted you to represent uh, Rory's interests as far as they agreed with mine you know if they don't I'm not very interested thank you very much um and yeah she's got a really really tough job but you know you shouldn't have got you shouldn't have got somebody as kind of as thorough as Ruth who doesn't do anything by halves except cook if <laughs> if uh if he didn't actually want her to do that, I, you I know, tell you. tough. You just picked the wrong one. You should have. You should have picked Kenton. Kenton would just go, "What? Oh, yes, I don't care. Whatever." You know, wouldn't 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 care at all. I tell you another thing. She she does in halves affairs because she didn't quite go through with it, did she? Oh, yeah, yes. it's another thing. Hmm? Just oh, saying. Oh. Just saying. All right. Yes, I rather think that's in her favour, though, Roy. <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> True that. Uh, would you like another call? Yes. Why not? All right. Hello, Dumpty Dumbers Worldwide. Oh, Thank you to everyone hey, who makes this podcast possible. This is Catherine Rowan Jones calling in from High Wickham at 88 Ivy Fox on the Twitters. Oh, St. Shula, the sanctimonious martyr, the whited sepulchre. Buttoned up to the neck in one of your many cream cardigans, <laughs> your lips pursed in disapproval at the world like a cat's bum. Your best friend, your only friend perhaps, <laughs> Caroline died and maybe it's a wake-up call. But losing a relationship, a home, a business, three of the most traumatic life events that you will experience or you'll inflict on Alistair companionship and teamwork they have their merits too and you're throwing those over for whatever you perceive is out there you could regret this Shula once you face loneliness because as a miserable 59 year old woman what have you got to offer the world let alone another person and as for Brian and the pond of poison and it's permeating my asthma i've one word for brian hubris look it up brian this could all come around to bite you in the bum and i hope it does because karma 
Talk to Kate about karma, Brian. I think she might have a thing or two to tell you. I love you all. Thank you very much for the show. This is Catherine <laughs> signing off. <laughs> love you all. Bye <laughs> bye. Wow. <Yeah>. Bye. <laughs> yes. Mm. No, absolutely. I think, yeah, I'm sure Kate will have something to say about karma, but not before she said, but what about me? How will this affect me? Which is actually what's going to really bother her. Um, uh, We had an email from Curious Alice Mm -hmm. who says, plot prediction, Ruth rumbles Brian, who panics and in a claret-induced frenzy strangles her with one of his cravats, <laughs> then has to dispose of the body using a wood chipper. <laughs> it's all just an excuse to be rid of Ruth, basically. Um, well, yes, he, he, he is, yeah. he is going to be really, really, really angry, isn't he? Because he's not, he's used to, Brian is used to it, it, it. There is a great deal of of, of, of hubris uh, heading his way, but also um, he is used to being the person that can talk himself out of a situation. He can kind of just by sheer force of personality, because it's mostly Jenny that he's dealing with. He can kind of drive through um, his his perception of what he's done, which is he's always got a very good excuse for it. Um, or he's just going to sort of bargain in the way that he does with, with Jennifer and I'll buy you a new kitchen and blah, blah, blah. But this time he's just absolutely banged to rights. There's nowhere for him to go. Is there? No, uh, ab- ab- absolutely not. And, and that makes his position all the more delicious. And, and I think, um, I think we're slightly, I think you were slightly unfair now you weren't unfair, but there was another element to the whole him the way that like he kind of bit Ruth's head off. It wasn't just the fact that Ruth was standing up for Rua Ruari. It was the fact that it's because he knows that she's doing her job and she's doing it well, and he's been put on the spot yeah. because it's his yeah. mess up, isn't it? That that's the reason. Yeah. Because he has actually commented yeah. before that even though you know in various kind of you know meetings that. Bloody hell, Nora! She she's doing a job well, and, and he went, you know, and that's mm. the reason why I, got, why I got her to do the job. But now it's you know all mm. his chickens are coming yeah. home to roost. They don't have chickens yeah. on home farm, do they? No, no, I shouldn't have said that. Then what's coming home to roost? Then what are the, what? the deer. deer? They don't roost. They don't anyway. roost though, do they? No, the pheasants. The pheasants at the shoot. Do they actually roost? You think they probably would do? Um, no, they don't. Tell you what's nice they... around here. What you do often get, not in San Francisco, but if you go like to the East Bay, and it can be quite urban, and you can still see wild turkeys wandering around. Really? Yeah. Are they huge? They're quite bloody big, and you're not allowed to to uh, you can't get a bag and just swoop them up. And like put them in your pot, like it's not right. allowed by by state law. You will be caught. Royfield, I 
I would pay good money to see you attempting <laughs> to swoop up a wild turkey, put it in a bag, and then in your pot. But the thing is, right, they obviously know they've got some kind of protected status because you can just walk past them. I don't think they know that. No, trust me, I know they're dumb animals, but they're pretty cocky. <laughs> like they... They've read the bylaws. No, we're fine, mate. Honestly, boys, boys, we're all right. Well, do what you want. It's a bit like, um, what was that island which had all the dodos? And then humans came along and then... Oh, yeah, and the silly buggers did Yeah, yeah. because these things obviously have no predators. They have no natural predators. Yeah. So they, <laughs> you can seriously just, like, walk down the street and they're just, like, crossing over the road. All the cars stop, swerve around them and whatever. They don't give a monkeys, these, these turkeys. That's another creature, the monkey. The turkeys don't give a monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, shall we have another call? No, it's like all creatures, great and small. It is, it um, is. Auntie Jean. All right, let, let's have a bit of a Bristol action from our auntie. Hello, everybody at Dumpty Dumland. It's Auntie Jean here. I hope everybody's well. Um, I am, thank you. I have managed to listen to this week's Irish, which is very unusual for me at this time of the week, but um, I'm rather worried about Brian's attitude to everything. He's handing out jobs to Alice and he's doing this for Adam and yep. building fences for Kate and... He knows that Ruth's on to him, and I just wonder where this is all taking us. They wouldn't kill off Brian, would they, as well as having just killed off Nick? Anyway, I guess we'll have to wait and see about that one. Uh, no sympathy for Julia at all. I think her mother's quite right, really. <laughs> I'm afraid I'll be pro- quite unpopular to, uh, in saying that. But um, she really hasn't spoken to Alist- Alistair at all. She may have been unhappy for quite some considerable time, but she has ever, ever told him that? I don't think so. Um, so you can see his point of view, really. Mm. Um, I think Will is coming through the worst of it. I think people have been rather unfair to Will over the last few weeks, uh, saying, you know, that he hasn't improved from what he was before and everything. Well, really does funny things to people, and he had every right to be as angry as he was. Um, and I think hopefully we might see a new Will after all this. Alice is puzzling. Nobody seems to have noticed that she's been drinking herself into uh, oblivion for the last few months. Chris may well know and is enabling her, but obviously it's, he's in a difficult position as much as he doesn't want to admit it to himself. Um, so, again, I'm guessing we'll have to wait and see what happens to that. I can't believe that it's just the stress of the dog, the job, though, that's doing it. But anyway... Um, Fed up with Pip and the baby already, <laughs> kicking, oh, crying out loud. Do we really want to know? Anyway, that's me, I think, for this week, and I will speak to you all again soon. Please take care. See everybody if you're coming to Oxford. Bye. Bye. Uh, bye-bye, Auntie Jean. Um, now, can I, can I, can I, I need to say something here. Oh, go on then. There is a rumour. Now, this is not a Radio 4 rumour. I have not heard this from anybody at Radio 4 before anyone starts going, yeah, 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 shouldn't have said that. Da, 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 da. This is a Twitter rumour that Charles Collingwood, who plays Brian, and uh, Judy Watsit, who plays Shula, who are a couple mm-hmm. in real life, apparently are thinking of retiring. Huh. Which would mean that we got rid of Brian and Shula. Oh. So how would you like them apples? Yeah, hmm? but who 
where, where did where did this Twitter rumor originate from? On the Twitters, because, and I can't even remember who said it, but someone on the Twitters yeah, like, had heard it from someone else. Yeah, but who they heard it from? I don't know. Because you know, I'm going to look it you, up. You need to look that up because if they heard it from, if it was you know heard it from somebody who like worked at W1A, well then you go, well that sounds pretty credible. If they just heard it from no disrespect, but let's say Catherine Rowan Jones, right? Well mm-hmm. then you go, well it's just a Twitter rumor. A rumor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a local beer around here called the Truma Pills, actually. It's very nice. Ah. Sorry, you can talk oh, while I'm uh, looking. So, um, whilst I've got your attention, listener, and Lucy's doing some research, which she really should have done before the show. Right? You know, that's the reason why we have yes, time yes, to yes, prep. Yes, yes. Right? It's, not by, it's, not, you know, it's not by accident. That now, we, oh, it's, back a, on, it's, it's a Twitter person. It's a Twitter person. I don't want to say her name because I don't want to get her into trouble mm. if she's just made this up. But she said, I wonder if it's true that Charles Collingwood and Judy Bennett want to retire. Could do without Sheila, but Brian is my favourite character. Yeah, I think half of Britain would agree with that statement. And the other half of Britain that doesn't agree just doesn't listen to the archers. <laughs> uh so I'm going to... Yeah, you do what you're going to do, and I'll just witter on for a little bit. All right, dear listener, uh, this week I will be interviewing the lovely Annabelle Dowler, in fact, actually tomorrow. So um, you have a window of maybe about six hours, no, more than six hours, 12 hours, maybe 18, can't do the maths. Anyway, you've got a small window of time where if you can send me a um a question which you'd like me to put to annabelle dal who plays kirsty sorry i didn't say that annabelle dal plays kirsty miller and you can get that on the show so you can do that via speak pipe or you can email me or you can uh, use the use the contact form on dumdydum.com so if you want a question you've got a question you want to pop it through to the lovely annabelle dowler who plays the irrepressible kirsty on the archers um you've got a window as soon as you hear this podcast send it in and uh get it on the show to her now have you done your research done your prep have you done anything um no one's asking this lady where she got this information from Yes, and someone else said, well, I hadn't heard that, but maybe the toxic waste storyline is Brian's way out, a long jail term. He won't get a long jail term, will he? He's not going to get a long jail term at all. And it would be... There we go. So bear it in mind, chaps, but we're shelving that as an unlikely, I think. It'd be a very brave move for them to cope with the loss of two major actors at once. Utter stalwarts, yeah. utter stalwarts, you know, and yeah. not that I've either spoken to, you know, I haven't spoken to either of the actors beforehand, but you kind of think, you know, getting to getting to their age and beyond, um, doing mm-hmm. a radio drama, what, three days out of the month, that's just gentle retirement mm. in and of itself. Well, look at Peggy Woolley. She's 146 and she's exactly. still going. Um, she's gone. She's on her third hip now. She's bionic. <laughs> um, 
Can I just say something else as well? Do you know Charles Collingwood? Guess who, guess who one of his best friends is in real life? Uh, Theresa May. Boris Johnson. Close. Boris Johnson's dad, Stanley Johnson. Wow, and that was an utter guess. Yes. There we are. Huh. Don't tell us that we never give you completely useless bits of information like that. I don't know if that was useless at all. I say that was... Uh... He says, I have known Charles Collingwood for over 60 years. Archer's fans will know him as Brian. Judy Bennett, his wife, plays the part of Shula. Hmm. Hmm. Um, one of the things which um, Annabelle wants to talk to me about tomorrow on the interview is actually who uh, Archer's muckers are. We did our little bit of a pre-prep ah, yes. and we, we did our chat and she went, oh, I'll tell you who my friends are and who, who I hang about with and blah, blah, blah. So expect to get lots of green room gossip uh, from Yee. my interview. Now, we've, uh, have we done all the calls, Lucy? We have. Hmm. Right. So I think we should then uh, rush through the ads because the ads are just the ads. Really. You want to talk about walkie-talkie. <laughs> Don't even listen to it myself. Uh, <laughs> and we'll come back to the other side. I can tell that by the editing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're very funny, you. And we'll come back to the other side. We'll touch you. Millie Bell. And some social media goings on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionise the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design-orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasising sleek, modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studiosweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD, 
when purchasing a pair of headphones. Hi, this is Lucy and you're listening to Walkie Talkie. Every day I walk my dog in and around Epping Forest and there's a regular group of dog walkers that uh, catch up with each other and the group of us, you know, we're from all kinds of different backgrounds. The one thing we have in common is that we all have dogs, obviously. And I sort of came up with the idea of recording these conversations because there's something quite confessional about walking side by side with somebody. There's no eye contact. You can just plod along. You know the names of their dog. You quite often don't know their name. You definitely don't know their surname. And uh, it's just a very odd little hour out of the day and you can get some really startling insights into people's lives because they know that you don't have a relationship with them outside of the dog and also if things get a bit you know emotional or a bit too close you can distract yourself with whatever the dog's doing or you get quite close to people in a remote way it's an intriguing sort of mixture with people's permission obviously I started recording some of the conversations and it sort of grew and now people ask if they can come on the walk even though they don't have a dog because I think they just like the space to talk so this is walkie talkie I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you in the forest Good day everyone. Now whilst the forum has gone a little bit quiet uh, we do have a couple of discussions we have uh, some statistics and information put up by Witherspoon about binge drinking and also P- Purple Pumpkin has a plot prediction up about Alistair and Elizabeth. So if you'd like to get involved in some long-form discussion, please go to our forum at dumptydum.com forward slash forums. Uh, we've been very, very busy on Facebook as ever. So much happening. Uh, the I have to say that we are a bit over the... Uh, what's it called the sports relief app Um, and as I'm not really sure what it is not being in the UK I think one of the things they could have done if they were going to promote it was explain what the money is used for I guess Uh, we also had a long discussion um, about Jill Um, I I had said Jill your daughter confides in you that her marriage has fallen apart and you accuse her, her of forgetting her wedding vows really and Joanne Smith said, well, I think Sheila's been pretty sanctimonious with Alistair. As the one who noticed the marriage was dying, I'd have expected her to actually open her mouth and say so at some point. Mm-hmm. Since she hasn't made much of an effort to save the marriage, even back when she still loved him, I didn't mind hearing Jill tell her off. Fair enough, Joanne. Helen Bosdigan said, I have a healthy dislike of Jill. Uh, Sasha Manish said, all Mm. I could think was, what a bitch. As soon as she asked (laughs) if anyone had been told, I knew what was coming. It's interesting. um, A lot Mm. of people have said uh, that uh, Shula needed to be more upfront with Alistair, but I feel as though I've seen it coming for ages. She's dropped lots of hints, Hints. even though she hasn't had a direct conversation with him about it. And he's just never tuned in. And I suppose if you're trying to broach... Uh, don't mean dumb. to tread on Witherspoon's territory here, but if you're trying to broach <laughs> a sensitive subject and you move towards it and the other person doesn't respond as you expect, then you back off. And I kind of think that's what's happened with uh, Shula, although it's not acceptable when it's actually about her marriage, but I th- I've been go. seeing it for ages. Uh, we also talked about the fact that Shula gave Will very good advice, very wise, very gently delivered and we acknowledge that it, that wasn't bad when she was actually grieving for her own losses. 
Meg Ed Goose Club, he says, I don't often sympathise with Shula, but I did tonight. Claire Taylor said, a rare outing of sensitivity for St. Shula. I was greatly impressed. And with a spoon said, this was the advice that changed Will's mind. I thought it was going to be something Clary would say, but she was too invested in changing Will's mind. And Will benefited by hearing from someone who had gone through what he has. See, he is mellowing, but he can still never give credit to anyone helping him. (laughs) That is absolutely true. Uh, We also talked about... uh, We've also had uh, some message up from Witherspoon, who is in Scotland. So all I can say about that is... uh, Well, you can stop showing off if you like now, Witherspoon, although I'll be there later in the year. Um, We also uh, talked about Alice and the fact that whatever's happening with her is not going to be pretty and it's not going to end soon. Peter Ranson said, give the actor some credit. She sounded so like Kate today, it was quite freaky. And lots of people agreed. Uh, Nick Holland wants to be reminded of where Alice was the night of the hit and run. Rachel Hannah said, do we really think Emma would have reacted like that when Alice arrived? I understand her behaviour when she got drunk, but turning up late because of work isn't the same. Not defending Alice here, but she works in a high-pressure environment and she might not have felt able to ask for compassionate leave, as not all employee, mm. employers are sympathetic. Once again, Eddie yes. was superbly written and acting, though, so that's good to know. And we also had Karen Cunningham saying, I'm so cross with this storyline. Again, Nick's funeral was just a foil for them to further the boring alcoholic Alice storyline. Nick deserves better than that. And why on earth would Alice be waxing lyrical about Nick at her funeral? Why would she even be there, let alone apologise for missing the service? I'd really struggle to remember a scene that they were both in together, aside from the gin, no gin debacle at the pub recently. Okay, uh, yeah, there, was, uh, there were some very strong feelings in that thread, and if you'd like to get involved in that, uh, please join us on Facebook. Uh, that, uh, again, we've had a really uh, busy week on the Archers, not many flat moments at all, and so that always leads us to lively debate, and we'd love you to join us. So if you would like to, uh, find us on Facebook, Dumpty Dum, the Archers Fans Podcast. But until next week, I'm going to say to you, hooroo. Oh, there's some country views there, weren't there? Mm. They were. That's that's the very essence of debate on a forum. You see. What I was going to say. Well, that's that's exactly what it's yeah. there for, isn't it? Yes, and also it's it's showing that the scriptwriters are doing a good thing, do, doing doing it right, uh, because they're kind of provoking different reactions from people. It's not yeah, everyone's not just sailing along, picking up the same thing from the same storyline, mm. are they? True that. True that. But I I, I couldn't disagree. I am going out for lunch with Kerry Davis soon. Again. I've forgotten when temporarily, but soon. Again, yes. Um, and uh, I shall tell him that he has done a cracking job at the moment, particularly with Brian, because I think uh, no one's disagreeing about how... No one's saying that's that's not Brian. That's not what Brian would do. It's what Brian is doing. Brian is at peak Brian at the moment. <laughs> no, that is very true. We have hit peak Brian. Awesome. Well, um, you braggadocio person, you. Well, you're interviewing thingy, yeah, aren't you? That is completely Annabelle? and professional. I'm not having a, you know, a oh. social lunch. Are you suggesting I'm going to be unprofessional with Kerry Davis? Yes. 
That's exactly. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> he does smell. Kerry, all, I mean, he does smell very nice. Kerry always, always smells absolutely lovely. As opposed. And I always ask him and he always tells me and I forget As immediately. Anyway. Yeah. No, you don't. I don't. You don't smell of anything, do you? He's talking about I wear keels all the time. Keels, keels, what? Keels cologne, the gentleman. Oh, I've never noticed. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it says much more about you than it does about me. But anyway, let's. No, it says you're not wearing enough of keels cologne. No, <laughs> <laughs> it says that you just don't pay attention to me, Lucy. But anyway. Hit us with some tweets, because I need to get onto Map Corner, because that's what everyone's tuned in for this one. Oh, my God. Um, Willem Harvey said, I think Alice may have a drinking problem. <laughs> Has anyone else noticed the signs have been incredibly subtle? Um, now, this one is A, relates to a photograph, which is really stupid to do on a podcast, and B... Most of our listeners who aren't British and from a certain generation aren't going to get it. But I'm going to just go ahead and do it anyway, because that's the kind of girl I am. Hinge Zandel. There's a picture, which I won't ruin, and because that will ruin the joke. And he said, hello, do you have a copy of The Silmarillion by J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien? You do? My name? It's yes. And there we go. Um, Ashley Manning said, if I was Alistair, I'd have cleared out the joint bank account, sold all the ketamine to Freddie and brought a one-way ticket to Vegas by now. <laughs> We'd all be with you, Ashley. Uh, Rob Titchener, not him, said, Will, I've made a decision, Mum. I'm going to the funeral. Clary, it was yesterday, you big turnip. <laughs> and tweet of the week, Brian Smiley, who had Bert saying, I'm sorry, Pip. I hadn't meant to offend you, but may I say pregnancy really suits you. Your breasts look <laughs> magnificent. <laughs> uh, well done. Well done. Thank you. Are you going to do your mapping yeah, nonsense right now? now, folks. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been sending me through maps. Even when I hadn't done a map corner, I don't think I did one for, I don't know, three, four months. I don't think I've done one all year. No, definitely haven't. It's March and I'm done all year. So I've at least gone four months, if not five, without actually having a map corner. And then you had to ruin it, didn't you? You had to bloody ruin it. Lucy, it's one of the most popular segments <sighs> on the show. Because people know? were still sending me bloody maps. It hasn't been on the yes. show for And people months. were still sending me maps. Yeah, they're only doing it to annoy me. They're people that don't <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just works mad I shall find you all hunt well, you there's down a lot of people you. you need to hunt down and kill then right you're going to be like Ambridge's I've first mass murderer I tell you because there's a lot there's a lot of <laughs> you need to kill right uh, and the segment just works so well on radio on a podcast you know <laughs> <laughs> anyway so well right, so. I suppose it's just an added layer of surrealism mm. okay yes. so First off, Jed and White. Uh, Roy Field, I know nothing about the Russian Civil War, but I want to learn. Now, Lucy, holy camoly. Here is a map, right? Here is a map, Lucy. Now, the Russian Civil War 
takes place just after World War One. And uh, the, the the white forces, the czarists, are uh, booted out of power by the Bolsheviks. But the Bolsheviks only really hold um, Leningrad, well, soon to be called Leningrad, uh, Petrograd, it was called then, and Moscow. And slowly but surely over the next four or five years, they consolidate their power over the Russian Empire. So you have this weird period, Lucy, where you have lots of the periphery bits just break off and become their own independent countries for a little bit. So you have weird things like, and I really should have had this up and ready uh, beforehand, quick pause, the Confederated Republic of the Altai. Ever heard of that? I hadn't. Right? Lasted from 1917 to 1920, and it was declared as the first step towards rebuilding Genghis Khan's empire. Right on the exactly, it's bonkers. You look at this map, and you just think they're making up the names of these places: the Soviet Republic of Gilan, Green Ukraine, the Far East Republic, the North Caucasian Emirate. Lasted from September the nineteenth to January nineteen twenty. Didn't last very long. It's just full of. Oh, you want to look? You want to see the flag of the free territory, Lucy? It's the Jolly Roger. It's yeah. black, skull and crossbones. It was an anarchist state constitu- constituted of local governments protected by Nestor, can't even pronounce his surname, but some some warlords rogue army. I tell you, folks, this is a map of all maps, but it's not actually map of the, map of the week. Oh, the Republic of Perolja has a bull with a cross on its flag. This is just bonkers. It's just all manner of craziness on the periphery of the soon-to-be Soviet Republic. Awesome. So thank you for that, Mr. Jed and White. Normally, on any normal week, that would win Map of the Week because that is brilliant. Robert Wilson, ever heard of him? Uh, I have, yes. Right, he sent through a contender for Map Corner. Oh, Robert, how could you? Honestly, you can't trust anyone. Now... His map is the literal translation of country names of Europe, right? Now, I'm going to hit you with a couple, and you've got to guess what country Well, that might be tricky because you is. keep dropping out. So, anyway, give it a go. If I can't hear you, I'll just be quiet. All right. The land of many rabbits. What country is that? Literal translation. Canada. Since when has Canada been in Europe? Oh, sorry, I forgot the Europe bit. Um, oh. The land of many rabbits. I would never have guessed. Lapland. Guess That's not in million. Europe either. I give up. Well, Lapland is in Europe. It's divided between Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Russia. Lapland. Okay, but that's not. The I would have said that was a good. I would have said that was a good guess. Spain. Really? Yeah. Okay. The land of many rabbits. That's there's a literal translation of the of the word Spain, right? In what people language? of the fields? Well, you know what? It's going to be some archaic Iberian language, right? Or it's going to be some archaic Latin, isn't it? Yes. Hmm. Definitely not modern Spanish. No. Uh, now, uh, people of the fields. We'll just do two more of these. People of the fields. Hmm. We're still in Europe. Yes. Um, gold. Oh, I don't know. 
Poland. Ah, next. Well, like, yeah, all right. And here's one: the land of tall people. Norway. That's a very good guess. They're all about. But you're eight wrong. Foot six in Norway. What is it then? Macedonia. Oh. All right. Here's an easy one for you. Oh God. Northern Way. Think about it. Norway. You might get this one. Way! There you go. <laughs> well done there, Freeman. You are patronising. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Didn't want to make you feel inadequate. I wanted you to get one, so I gave you an easy one. You, you could work much. out. All right, now, uh, just very quickly rattle through these. Miriam... Uh, said she saw this and thought of me. Now, this is pure genius, Lucy. Um, it's a map and it's the Summer Isles in Scotland um, perforated so that you can basically uh, rip off various bits and for stamps. So you get a little island here on one, you get a little bit of the mainland on another, but it's actually a beautiful thing to behold. It's kind of like the kind of compass in the corners playing out. And yeah, very, very clever and very, very fun. And she took a picture of it because you obviously got the stamps and it's on her desk there. So thank you for that, Miriam. And then Nina sent this through a little time ago. And it's one of her favourites. And I thought we'd just give this an honourable mention because it's a knitted map of the British Isles with, um, with, uh, with, with all the kind of sea areas in. So we've got Tyne, Dogger, Humber, Thames, Dover. Now, when the sipping forecast comes on, Lucy, I know you're generally asleep, mm-hmm. but what's your favourite I'm, kind I'm of asleep area? by the time EastEnders comes on, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, um, I've... Hebrides. Really? Mm. Yeah, Hebrides is a bit kind of like, oh, come on, Hebrides, because we've heard of Hebrides. I've always loved a little bit of Malin or Fastnet. Right. Mm, just saying. Fitzroy, I'm partial to a bit of Fitzroy as well. Yep. And Rockall. Yep. Anywhere where I don't know where it is, and I've never heard of it before, generally I quite like. Just saying. But it's a lovely map, and it's all knitted. And She didn't say whether she knitted it. Maybe she did. But anyway. Uh, now, we get into the winner. Blythe Spirit blew everyone away. This came through, um, I think, this morning, Lucy. It's had a whole load of retweets and likes. I'm going to excuse the French. Fucking genius, right? Now, there's some crazy dude called Michelangelo who uses oh, the GPS tracker on yeah, his yeah, bike yeah. to draw pictures. You've seen this. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. He's clever, bordering on bonkers. It's a picture of a dinosaur from where he's ridden <laughs> in this Canadian city. And it is ridiculously detailed. So it's like a T-Rex. And, you know, and this is, you can see this thing. It's up on its legs. It's got its little paws. It's even, he's even cycled his teeth out. Right. God knows how long it took him to do this. How you even work this out. Trust me, folks, go on to uh, my Twitter timeline and uh, it's from Blythe Spirit and it's just a pure work of genius. Everyone's been liking it and retweeting it this morning. Michelangelo, 
uses GPS tracker to ride around this city to draw out a T-Rex with a big, long tail, looking awesome. Well done to you, sir. Well done to you, Bly Spirit. Map Corner, gosh, we salute you here on Map Corner. Right now, Lucy. Yep. Uh, shall we move on? Yes. Or we just, oh, Sally, remind people that if they want to send me a map, they need to do the hashtag Map Corner. Would you like to do that? Not really, no, because I don't want people to send you more of the damn things. <laughs> if you must, if you absolutely have to, then put uh, hashtag total waste of time, okay? That's the one. You're a mean-spirited woman, you know. <laughs> totally mean-spirited. But anyway, read on. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. Um, it's all black, you know. All right. Remember, to get in contact, you can send Most us a voice message via... Sp- sp- pardon? What did you say? All black. Most good podcasters are. Ah. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Uh, on the socials, you can find me, Royfield, and Juicy Loose at Dumdy Dum. That's specifically on Twitter. Lucy, if you just want to follow her goings on, can be found at uh, Lucy V Freeman, and I can be found at Royfield on Facebook. You can go along and join the Millie Bell and Witherspoon uh, Two Ring Circus. Because they're that, that's what they do over there. Oh, and I know she kind of did mention this on her social media roundup, but uh, Witherspoon is in Scotland at the moment, and, uh, and there's loads of pictures of him. Well, more of the, view, the views of Scotland is over there in the uh, in the Highlands, and it looks rather awesome, Lucy. And he fell down and had to get rescued by somebody, and really? I think he hurt his knee or something. Other. So, yeah, there's all oh. manner of drama going on on Saturday on the Dum De Dum Facebook uh, page. Yeah, so but some. I think some big, strapping, handsome laird or something or another. Somebody who had some social standing helped him. Oh, so good. I'm just going to say it's a laird just because. <laughs> but, you know, somebody with a big sporran or something or another. He was helped out. So well he done to everybody. I hope he his kilt while he was at it. <laughs> uh, I think that's just about us done. Um, you know what? I think this show has been a triumph, Lucy. Because we managed, yes, because we managed to talk about uh, some of the local wildlife over here in, in the East Bay. and uh, Sorry, in the Bay Area. And that, that's always a good thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's good to do, talk about wildlife and kind of the farmyard animals on a show which is fundamentally agricultural. So I think that's one reason we can pat ourselves on the back. We've also um, heard conflicting views uh, to a storyline on the archers, which, as you said, proves that it was really well written because people yes. take different things from it. So, yeah. yes, I think we can both pat ourselves on the back and so can the script writers and so can the dumpy dummers all around the world. It's a big mutual appreciation society. That's what we are. It is. Right. And we've even got penciled in potentially a date for a dumpy dum meetup in London. But uh, confirmation will come, folks. Um, Is it hopefully... a meetup or a live Dumpty Dum? Oh, oh God, yes. Sorry, it's a live Dumpty Dum. Sorry, I was I downplaying the significance. I can stop being nervous now, then, if it's just a meetup. No, no, it's, yeah, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everybody. Yes, I was uh, downplaying significance. It's going to be a live Dumpty Dum, and we have penciled in 
Becky Wright, who played Nick Grundy, and potentially, I could be speaking out of turn here, Anya, who plays Lexi, potentially. Really? So it's going to be a good one, folks. It's going to be you are going to have a but, bloody field day, aren't you? You're going to be insufferable. Why? I'm never insufferable. <laughs> I'm a much nicer person than you. I know, but you're going to have all the women there. Women, women, women. Can we at oh. least get Tim Bentink for me? <laughs> you know what? That might be quite a good call. Hmm. <laughs> if we had those three, we could just go home. They could just do it between them, quite frankly. <laughs> That's very true, actually. Because <laughs> uh, Becky's, Becky's a bit awesome and spiky. Tim can just talk for England, Holland and whatever bit, bit of the world anyway. And then Anya's just like, well... She, she, she's a dark horse, that one. You don't know what you're going to get from her because she could just yeah. take it in a completely... Why don't we do that? All right. Well, you get, shall I get in touch with Tim? You get in contact with Tim. I'll confirm with, uh, with, with Becky that we now... Well, well why, don't we, why don't we like get the date confirmed first before we, we do yeah, the start? That's a good idea. We've only penciled it. Let's, uh, yeah, hmm. And as soon as we have the date confirmed, we'll mention it on the Twitters, on Facebook, on the podcast, on whatever forum uh, or uh, kind of like platform um, Dumby Dumbs on. And then on that note, I think I'd best, best say goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 